just want to start out by saying tonight I was really stressed out coming into this. All day I just felt really stressed out. And so we get here and the entire multimedia, everything you're seeing here on the other computer died and we couldn't get it to work on this computer like 10 minutes before everything started. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we, we, we don't have any words, we don't have any of this. And it just kind of really stressed me out. And God really convicted me. It's, it's not about what we have up here. It's about Him. And uh, as we were singing tonight, it just really hit me. This is just about us and God, right? And I hope you guys really felt that when we were singing tonight. That man, He's our Savior, just like Leah said. He's, he's done everything for us. And it's so neat that we get to come here, spend time together, and uh, tell Him all that He means to us. Think of it this way. I'm married to Aaron. I, you guys might know Aaron. All you girls know Aaron, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I hear like 30 of you guys read the Bible study last night or something like that. That's amazing. Okay, where is, where is Aaron? He's back there. All right, that's Aaron. Well, Aaron's my wife. If I never told Aaron what she meant to me, we wouldn't have much of a relationship. It'd be kind of just stagnant and dull. It's kind of the same way with God. I know it's very rare that I just sit to think, man, have I told God that I really love him? You know, that he really means a lot to me. And see, it's a relationship. And that's what I love about, about that time of praise and worship, where I can come to God and say, God, you mean everything to me, and I do love you. It was just a great time, so thank you guys for leading us in that. I just want to share a few verses about Jesus and his invitation to each of us to come. I was thinking about it this week. How often does Jesus say, come? Think about it like this. How many of you guys got a Facebook request from me this week? A lot of you guys. Awesome. I hope, and you're, most of you are my friends now. Nate, you're my friend now. Yeah. Nate and I are both snowboarders. We're both named Nate, and I have a feeling we're going to be good friends, especially when it starts snowing. Uh, anyway, so imagine this, guys. Just picture this. Imagine, Austin, you log on to your Facebook account tonight, and you have a friend request, and you're like, sweet, I wonder who it is. And you check it, and it's God. A friend request from God. Okay? What would you do? Accepted. Accepted. Okay. <laughs> Not to say no. God. Reject. <laughs> I don't know if I want God to be on my friends list. Right? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, yeah? See, now, back 2,000 years ago, they didn't have Facebook. But this is similar to what Jesus is doing here, right? Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. And just, just like... Just like I'd say yes to if, if I found a friend request from Jesus in my, in my Facebook account. I want to respond that same way when he says come. And I've never just sat down and gone through all the different times that he said come to me in the New Testament. But it'll blow your mind. And this isn't even all. And this might be half of them or something like that. I think it'll be encouraging. Anyway, Jesus said, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. How many of you guys ever feel stressed out? Kind of like I was talking about earlier tonight. Isn't it true your first week at school? How many of you got stressed out last week? How many of you are stressed out this week? <laughs> Just leaving the hands up. <laughs> How many of you juniors and seniors are still stressed out about school? Ronnie's still stressed out about school. Okay, how many of you guys have been stressed out about relational issues? About financial issues? <laughs> I have. Car issues. You can go down the list. Friend issues, right? Doesn't it go on and on? See, when Jesus said this, he was speaking directly to where we're at. And he said, if, if you are, are stressed out, if you're weary, if you feel like, you ever feel like you have a heavy burden on your back, Jesus says, come to me, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. He said too, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry again. Those who believe in me will never thirst. Now what he's talking about here isn't physical hunger. He's talking about an inward hunger. 
we all have those those desires, those passions, those longings. And I know that we search in a lot of bad places to fulfill those, and in some good places. But none of those things truly satisfy like Jesus does. And Jesus says, if you come to me, you will never be hungry again. And he's talking about that deep inner hunger, that desire, that longing. He says, I can satisfy that, and nothing else can. No party can, no girl can, no guy can, no car can. Snowboarding can't. <laughs> I found that out. For many years, I snowboarded like crazy, and... And I was injured, and it was, it was a mess, and I had to make him number one, because only he satisfies. He also said, in John 7, 37 through 38, he said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Again, talking about this thirst that we have in our inside. Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. So whereas maybe before I was thirsty and empty inside, now I'm overflowing with joy with peace, with hope, all those awesome things that he offers that comes from him. So he says he, he takes away my burden and he satisfies my deepest longings, my hungers, my thirsts. And he meets those in a way that nobody else can. He says, come to me as you are. This is a neat story in the New Testament. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. And he was a short guy, kind of like me or Aaron, my wife. Aaron's shorter than me. But he was probably short like me, maybe even shorter. And he had to climb up this tree to see Jesus. He didn't think Jesus was even going to pay any attention to him. You ever feel like that? Like, who am I that maybe I've done something? Why would God care about me? Well, Jesus comes straight to him and he says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Again, he's saying, come, right? Come to me. I don't care that you're insignificant. I don't care that other people might not like you. I don't care that you're not the most popular person. I want to come stay with you. Will you come down to me? And see, he's saying that to each of us. Will you come as you are? You don't have to become somebody different. Just come as you are to me right now. And then this is a neat one, too. Jesus said to all these little children, he said, let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So he's talking about these little kids, and he says, let them come to me, because the kingdom of God belongs to them. So how can you come to Christ like a little child? What are, what are some things about little children that we they trust, right? They have faith. They're innocent. He's saying, come like that. Just come to me how you are. Come innocently. Come come trusting me. I'm your I'm your father. Does a little does a little child ever run away from his father? When you were a little kid, when your father came, maybe sometimes. <laughs> me and my brother Dave, some of you know Dave, we, we got spanked every single Sunday after church. Because we do stuff in church. <laughs> so we run then. But I genuinely love to see my father. And as a little kid, I did too. You know, he'd take me fishing and he'd do all these things with me. Jesus says, run to me like you'd run to your father. You know, run to me like you, you would run to your father. Gosh, I, I just, Melissa, can I share this story? I just saw you smiling and I thought, I have a cool story to share. Okay. <laughs> Melissa, her keys got lost at the, camp, at the hiking trip on Saturday. And we prayed together that God would find those keys. And he did. Yeah, that's just a neat thing. Like a good father giving us. Yeah, I was like, I was like, call Kaylee. And I was like, no, she doesn't have them. You can call her. I called her and just like left a like, pinky message. I was like, I lost my keys. Call me back. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad that I had called. But she found them. Isn't that sweet? Wow. God is so good to us. So he says, come just like a little child wanting to see his father. Now, this is also really neat. There are two guys that were kind of investigating Jesus. They're following him around, trying to see, because they've heard stories about him. And they're trying to see what's up. And finally, they come to him and they say, where are you going? And Jesus says, come, and you will see. 
So Jesus was transparent. He said, investigate me. So maybe you're just thinking about Jesus, but you're not even sure you want to make a commitment to Jesus. Well, he says, check me out. Just come and look at me. Come and see me. Come and investigate me. Come and see what I am all about. He's so transparent. Okay, now this is neat thing. Come as he draws you. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at that last day. That's a promise that he will raise you up and give you eternal life. But he says, you can't come unless the Father draws you. Now here's an interesting thing. Jesus also says that every single one of us, after he was crucified, would be drawn. Have you ever felt God drawing you? So come to him. Come as you feel him drawing you. I felt that. If you feel him drawing, you can come to him and connect with him. Okay, so the next one, he says, and we read this last week, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and eat with me. So here he's saying again, if you hear me knocking, if you feel me drawing you, come to me, come to me, come to me. Those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. Come to him because he will never reject you. Where else do you get, where, where else do you get that? I know that there's no other friend that I've ever had that will never reject me. Isn't that true? At some point, I'm going to do something and they're not going to be too happy about it. But Jesus says, I won't ever reject you. So come to me. He said, come to me and I will never reject you. Isn't that a cool promise? Come to me and I will never, ever reject you. Now here's kind of a long verse. And it's talking about the people that come to him. He says they're going to be strong and stable. They're going to be on a solid rock. He says, I will show you what he is like who comes to me. And hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. We went to Katrina a few years ago, our, our New Orleans, right after Katrina had uh, a bunch of the people in this room were with us. Robbie was there, Ronnie, Terry, a bunch of you guys, Rob. And we saw what a flood can do to a house. And Jesus says, if you, if you come to me and hear my words and obey them, you're going to be like somebody that built a house on a solid rock. And those storms of life come, we're all going to have those storms. We're going to lose loved ones. We're going to get fired. We're going to, you know, financial issues, relationship issues. And he says, when those storms come, you're solid. You can't be moved if you come to me and hear me and obey me. You'll be solid. Isn't that a cool promise? Okay, just a couple more verses here. Think these are, you guys like these verses? Isn't this neat to see all that Jesus is saying? Come to me and all that comes out of that. Now, how many of you have ever just felt kind of dead inside? I have, right? Like, I need a little bit of a jump start. Or maybe it's spiritually dead. Or maybe it's physically, or, or I don't even know. It can be in a lot of different ways, right? Well, here's what Jesus said to a dead man. This is pretty cool. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Isn't that cool? So Jesus said to even somebody that was dead, come to me. And that person was able to come to him. So I don't care how bad you feel or how empty you feel inside. As we come to him, he gives you life. And this is even what Jesus said to the Pharisees about this. He said, you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Isn't that true? So as we come to him, we have life. And if we refuse to come to him, we miss out on that life that he gives us. Just awesome stuff. Come and befriend him. Here Jesus says again, this is so neat. He says, come and have breakfast to his disciples. I guess you get this idea of Jesus being like some figure in a church, you know. I guess it's hard to think of him like your friend saying, calling you up, saying, hey, what's going on at Applebee's, you know. I mean, he's more than that. He's also our Savior, right? And he's also our Lord, and he's also our King. But he's also our best friend. The Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer in a brother. And he said, his disciples, come and let's have breakfast. Let's eat together. 
let's spend time together. Let's become best friends. And then he also said some other stuff. He said, come and follow me. This is what he said to the disciples. And here's the context behind this, guys. This is really interesting. In the first century AD, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus said this, a teacher never called his disciples. Disciples would go to the teacher and say, can I follow you, rabbi? Or can I follow you, teacher? That's how it was always done. That was, that was the standard. So for a rabbi to come and say, will you follow me? That was amazing. That had never happened before. And here Jesus was coming to his disciples and saying, you come follow me. And they did it immediately. They jumped out of the boats and they said, we're following you. We're following you because they knew that there was something different about him. That he actually had something nobody else had. That he had life that no one else could give. That he could fulfill them in ways nobody else could. They saw it instantly and they came and followed him. And it didn't stop there. This is so cool. As we come and follow him, we're going to have to trust him. There are going to be things that are hard that we go through and there are going to be big steps that he's calling us to take. Peter saw Jesus walking on the water and he said, call me and I'll come out to you. So he had the right attitude. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. So there are going to be times where Jesus is going to say, come, and we're going to have to trust him. And it's not going to look like things are going to work out. We're going to have to step out of the boat, so to say, out of our comfort zones, out of things that are easy. And we're going to have to trust him and say, I'm going to walk on water to you. But he's saying, come to me out of that boat, out of what's secure, out of your comfort zones, and follow me. Now, here's some hard things that he said about coming to him. He said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Now, when I deny myself, it's not fun. It's saying, I want this, but I need to deny that and say, no, I'm going to put that aside. I know in the future I'm going to be happier that way, but it's because Jesus called me to that, right? He asked me. So he said, if you're going to come to me, you'll have to deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. He also said, this is really interesting, he said, if anyone comes to me but loves his father, mother, wife, children, brothers or sisters, or even his own life more than me, he cannot be my follower. So when we come to Christ, we're coming with the idea that he's everything. He's everything to me. I remember there was a student here, you guys might know him, so I won't mention his name. He's not in this room now, but he goes to this school. And anyway, one time we were talking, he doesn't believe in Jesus, you know. And I was just sharing about my relationship with Jesus, and I said, Jesus is the most important thing in my entire life. He said, even more important than Aaron? And I said, way more important than Aaron. And he goes, unacceptable. <laughs> because if your wife heard you saying that, she'd be so mad. And I said, no, she believes the same thing. He said, no way, unacceptable. And I, so I said, let's go ask her. So we go over and ask Aaron. And Aaron's real cute, you know, and kind, you know. <laughs> And so he says, Aaron, who do you love more, Nate or Jesus? And he goes, wait, let me rephrase that. If Nate and Jesus were both in front of a bus and you could save one, who would you save? And she goes, hmm, that's a hard one. It'd have to be Jesus, though. And he goes, unacceptable. It was really funny. But see, when he's first in my life, I can love my wife better than I ever could on my own if I was trying to make her first. Because if, if it was just me trying to make her first, I'd... I'd guard her and I wouldn't give her any freedom and I'd try to keep her all for myself, right? Because that's how we as humans are. But when I love Jesus first, I can give her freedom and I can love her the way she needs to be loved. And she can love me back. But see, putting him first allows me to be the best husband, the best friend because I'm putting him first. So what he's saying here is, if you're going to come after me, I come first above everything else. But remember, he's also the one that meets every need that fills and satisfies our hungers that, that is there for us 
even when we're terrible, like Robbie was saying earlier. He's the one that will never reject us and that accepts us just like we are. Now, that first verse that I said where he said, come and follow me, it had a second part to it. It says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, what he was saying there was he was calling these guys, these disciples, to something far bigger than themselves. They were fishermen. And that was probably a great trade back then. You know, they, they loved fishing, I'm sure. They were doing it. And he said, you know, you had one plan for your life. I have a different plan for your life. And it's a lot bigger than fishing. <laughs> we, still, we still visit places where these guys preached. We still hear what these guys wrote. God did so much more with them than they ever would have accomplished as fishermen. He said, come and follow me, and I will do something with your life that will change eternity. Because I have a plan for you, like Leah was saying. And it goes so much bigger than what you're doing right now. But it starts with coming and following me. See, and it all starts from there. He says, I will make you fishers of men. And the last verse I wanted to close with is our favorite verse for this meeting. This is kind of like the tag verse for connect. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. And so that's what I wanted to just leave you guys with tonight is... Jesus is asking you. I don't know. This doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian since you were five or whether you're not yet. He's saying whatever point in your spiritual journey you're at, come closer to me. Come closer to me. Come investigate me. Come look at me. Come hear from me. Come listen to me. Come and see me. Come and, and check me out. And I will satisfy your deepest desires. I'll accept you as you are. I will never reject you. And, and you'll be with me forever. So I just want to leave you with that. Just come to him today. Because he's everything. He is everything.